Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text from Luke 16, but this particular verse, you cannot serve both God and money. Thus far the text. Please be seated. Dear brothers and sisters of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I warn you, the fear, love, and trust in money above all things does not build you up. It doesn't edify you. It doesn't help you. Instead, pretend God money destroys your faith in Jesus. It will shatter your marriage. It will ruin your family. It will ruin your friendship, wrecks, careers. It will devastate this community, and it will split this congregation, and the love of money reduces countries to rubble. Make money your idol by giving it your heart, and you will buy yourself a one-way, non-refundable ticket to, yes, that's right, a hellish damnation. The New Testament puts it quite frankly. I quote from 1 Timothy chapter 6. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. That's 1 Corinthians 6. Jesus, in Luke 16, has a word for us today on this topic. Do you have ears to hear him? Will you be repented and faith by the Lord Jesus today? And will you be guided in this text for holy living? Will you die to your idolatry and live by faith only in Jesus? I beseech you, brothers and sisters, do not be like the Pharisees in the text who arrogantly and unrepentantly ridiculed Jesus and his words when they heard him say, you cannot serve both God and money. The Lord Jesus in the text unleashes a vocal barrage of divine proportion in order to destroy and put to death your fear, love, and trust in money above all things. Jesus would unbuckle and divorce your heart from the love of money so that your heart will then be married or faithed only to him for all that you need. And so Jesus categorically declared, no servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. No exemptions. No exceptions. No loopholes. There are not two gods. There's only one. And he's God in the flesh, Jesus. Replace God, Jesus, with idle money, and it will end hellaciously. You can't straddle the fence. Money and what money can buy does not save you. Money and what money can provide does not purchase eternal life. Idle money makes loads of promises, but it can't deliver. It will fail you. It will let you down. It will crack under the pressure you put on it, or it will crack you under the immense burden that it puts on you. When you fear, love, and trust in money above all things, you will use it improperly, and you will hurt people, guaranteed. Amos in the Old Testament exposed such misuse among the Israelites in the Old Testament. And we are eerily similar to ancient Israel. We are, like ancient Israel, a powerful and enormously wealthy country. 
politically successful, wildly prosperous with material possessions. We've got all kinds of high-tech gadgets, good grief. We have endless free time and what we call spiritual activity. Our country and our lives, just like ancient Israel, it all looks like a basket of lush and lovely summer fruit. But when the Lord takes a closer look at the fruit, it's full of worms and it's rotten to the core. We, like Israel, have violated the twin commandments of love. Israel did not love the Lord her God with all of her heart. Her worship was deadened by just going through the motions, doing her, quote, duty, and shot through with vicious elements adopted from her pagan neighbors. We're no better because pagan syncretism is the norm in the church these days, it appears. What do I mean? Here's what I mean. As a Lutheran pastor, I am expected to worship and pray with non-Christian spiritual leaders. And if any clergyman such as myself refuses to participate or dares to critique such a religious mishmash, he is swiftly solzhenitsyned and is sent into a Siberian exile of existence. You all know that critical theory has been adopted by much in the church today. In fact, the Southern Baptist Convention adopted it a few years ago. A kind of raw paganism has won the day in the church when both clergy and people proudly proclaim, like ancient Israel, it doesn't matter what you believe, just as long as you're sincere. Or, oh, we're all going to end up in the same place, Reverend. Some just take different paths, like Mormonism or Islam, Buddhism, Judaism, or whatever floats their boat. Who are we to say that only Christians will go to heaven? That's too exclusive. We need to be more, what's the buzzword? We need to be more inclusive and more diverse. Israel did trust in Jesus as the exclusive savior who, who inclusively died for all. There was a remnant that did. And so she loved her neighbors. But those who did not, those who didn't believe in the promise of Jesus and idolized money, they hurt their neighbors. The upper crust elitist class of influential deep staters, they used their wealth and their power to exploit and oppress the poor, as Amos says in the text. There were all kinds of corrupt business deals like shortening the measures and charging higher prices. Are we any better? We always say what? What's the bottom line? Do you use your money, brothers and sisters, to help your neighbor? Or do you use your money to greedily cheat your neighbor so that you'll have more of it for yourself? For a bigger house, another automobile, more extravagant Italian granite countertops, the big plasma TV hanging on the wall, or maybe for another vacation to the Caribbean. Now don't misunderstand, you can have all those things, but if you idolize them, that's the problem you see. And your neighbor languishes and suffers in need while your hands greedily cling to money. Amos indicted Israel and all of us today when he said, you lie on beds inlaid with ivory and lounge on your couches. You dine on choice lambs and fattened calves. You strum away on your harps like David and improvise on musical instruments. You drink wine by the bowlful, Amos said, and you use the finest lotions, but you do not grieve over the ruin of Israel. That's Amos chapter six. Love God, love the neighbor, 
We, like Israel, are just too busy frantically serving the tyrannical idol called money who never, ever gives us a Sabbath day rest, who promises salvation but only delivers hell. So it's time for us to hear two things today. First, you can't serve both God and money. God is God, not money. So brothers and sisters, let us be repented and faithed today. Repented from the idolatry of worshiping money and be faith in Jesus Christ only, the God-man, who alone gives you peace, rest, and freedom. Brothers and sisters, only with Jesus is there forgiveness for the sin of idolatry. His blood cleanses you from this sin of idolatry. Jesus is your God, and he's God for you. He's God for you in his Good Friday dying, where he scandalously became poor on the cross for your sake, by bearing all your sin in his body in order to make you wildly rich in the forgiveness of sins that comes with his divinely shed blood. Our Lord's categorical promise is that you are indeed forgiven. I want you to hear that today and believe it now and in a few minutes when you receive his body and blood in the sacrament. The second thing to learn today is this, that as his forgiven people, the Lord Jesus Christ has good use for all of you folks. You are, free, you are free to unclench your fists in order to use the money he's given you in the way that he wants. And that's what? It's to help and to serve your neighbor sacrificially, just like who? Just like Jesus. God gives you money so that you can be his instrument to lend a hand to those in need. God gives you wealth so that you can be a good and faithful steward in the little and ordinary things in life to care for like who? Your kids, your family, to provide for your congregation and the proclamation of the gospel, to donate to your community or school or whoever God puts into your life. Brothers and sisters, God gives you money. Some of you have little, some of you have a lot so that you can do what? Dare I say it? <laughs> I will so that you can give it away to help those who very much need your help and your love. And surprise, surprise, the more money that you give away to help others, are you listening? <laughs> God just may give you even more to entrust into your care. Imagine that. Talk about stewardship. Talk about joy. The time is short, brothers and sisters. We live in the last days shrewdly use what Jesus has given you, your faith, so that you trust only in him as God and Savior, and then the proper use of money in the service of love for other people. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.